Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Today marks 81 years since the attack on Pearl Harbor, December 7, 1941. The Japanese warplanes fired down on the American base, killing 2,403 Americans. A date then, President Roosevelt declared a day of infamy. So today, we honor the lives lost in that attack. Thank you for your service. We honor you. On this National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, this is your host, Laura Mar- When you think about the military men at 18 years old in the era of Pearl Harbor, and you think about the boys at 18 years old today, the change isn't by accident. You have George Soros, Klaus Schwab, and the rest of the globalists doing their best to infiltrate every part of our government and have been at it for decades. The same with our schools. Remember not long ago when all the kids in sports, the winner didn't get a trophy. Everybody got a trophy. That right there for these young kids takes away their competitive edge and their motivation. I know for myself, being very competitive in tennis, having two coaches at one time, if everybody got a trophy, why even play? I mean, yes, it's fun to play. There would be no competitive drive. There would be no Serena Williams, Billie Jean King. And that is exactly what they have done to the kids today. And look at under Obama. He depleted our military back to World War I. And when our American soldiers were on the front lines, he was giving the generals and other top leaders in our military their walking papers. He let them go. He had to, or they would have removed him from office for treason. We all know this, but it's just a reminder of how much our military and the men and women have changed in such a short time, thanks to the globalists dismantling and taking down America from within. And while we have the woke ideology infiltrating our military and our law schools for future judges, the military branches are falling way behind on recruiting. And that doesn't include the ones that were recently let go for refusing to take the job. What's so alarming is every branch in our military is way short of recruiting. The army is 15,000 soldiers short. The National Guard has a loss of 7,500 service members. The Navy has met only 10% of their goal. <laughs> the Marine Corps met 30 And the Air Force met only 10% of their goal. A lot of it has to do with the jab mandate. It has to do with the woke ideology. And it has to do with the lack of drive in these kids coming out of the woke ideology schools. We're in trouble, guys. Even the Coast Guard has been hit with letting people go for not taking the... We need a miracle. And there was a big win for the GOP with end to military vax mandate. However, there has been some strong opposition, of course, from the Biden regime. But surprisingly, the fight against the Pentagon's vaccine mandate, many Democrats have agreed to compromise on the National Defense Authorization Act and roll back the Biden administration policy. Republicans argue the mandate only served to stoke division. And I, that good old saying, divide and conquer. Senator Tommy Tuberville, he's Republican. 
He serves on the Armed Services Committee. And this is what he had to say today. Uh, we can't keep on with this vaccine mandate. This is a tough time. It's the most dangerous our world's been in uh, since World War II. And so uh, we, need a, we need a good military. We need a strong military. And we need, don't need to be picking sides right now. And here's where the strong opposition from the Biden regime comes in. Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, <laughs> had to say this. I've not seen any hard data that directly links the uh, COVID mandate to uh, an effect on our recruiting. And our clown world continues. <laughs> then you have John Kirby. We continue to believe uh, that repealing the vaccine mandate uh, is a mistake. Uh, making sure our troops are ready to, to defend this country and prepared to do so, uh, that remains the president's uh, priority and the vaccine requirement for COVID does just that. We already talked about the facts and the numbers from the military branches behind on recruitment. And the numbers don't lie, which is frustrating. The idea that this fake sitting president is really trying to focus in on what's best in terms of our military readiness, especially when they have pulled out some of our most qualified senior people who refuse to get the experimental vaccine because they're young and healthy and don't need to. And we have bled those types of people. It's like the next level of dismantling our once great dominant military. First under Obama and now the third term of Obama under Joe Biden. Again, on the bright side, though, the good thing on the House and Senate Republicans forcing Democrats to do something they know they should do anyway. With any common sense person understands we know more about the vaccine today and we know more how it's transmitted. These are young, healthy people. They shouldn't have to take an experimental vaccine, but it also doesn't undo the sin of those who were already kicked out or forced to retire. That's the next step that's probably going to be the next commander-in-chief issue, we should do the right by those people. But this is a no-brainer. And if it's a no-brainer, then this White House and the Pentagon are fighting against it because they say they're fixated on the COVID obsession and it doesn't do our national security any good. And what's so unfair and more complicated for the next commander-in-chief with most of these good men and women who lost their jobs. There is no legislation being proposed for these people who have already moved on to other things. And we will be missing all of that experience and readiness to bring them back. Never forget, they said, if we would get vaccinated, then you would not get sick and get COVID. But what they're not telling you, because they create one crisis after the other, is that the number of deaths today from COVID-19 have been the vaccinated people. That's statistically a fact. The vaccinated people are dying more than those who did not get the vaccine. And the number of cancer deaths are at record highs in the last year and a half, two years since they forced the vaccine. The number of blood clots is way high. They're not talking about that. And they're also not talking about the increasing number of heart attacks that they warned could be a side effect from the vaccine. 
Did you guys hear today that Rod Stewart, not sure if many of you know who he is, a famous rock star, his 11-year-old son was out playing soccer and collapsed. He was then rushed to the hospital. And the kid is only 11 years old. And people of all ages are dropping from heart attacks. Record number of people of all ages are getting blood clots. Cancer is way on the rise. And you guessed it, after the vaccine, you have to always be careful when this government, when these communists are demanding you to get a vaccine, that's when you don't get it. Something is off. Never forget, fraud Fauci, I quote, when people are vaccinated, they're not going to get infected. And then this fake president, he said, and I quote, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. And then, of course, the CDC director, Walensky, she's supposed to be an MD. She said, and I quote, vaccinated people do not carry the virus and don't get sick. (laughs) Yeah. And crazy Rachel Maddow. Why I'm even quoting her, I don't know. But she said, and I quote, now we know the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops. Yeah, right. And Bill Gates He's classified as an expert of what? (laughs) Lying? He says, and I quote, everyone who takes the vaccine is reducing their transmission. Mm -hmm. The Pfizer CEO, Barilla, he said, and I quote, there is no variant that escapes the protection of our vaccines. These people are liars. The very people that I just quoted are now saying... (laughs) Nobody said you wouldn't get COVID if you're vaccinated. Isn't that crazy? You just can't make this stuff up. And what's worse are those who believe these guys and went and got vaccinated or else. And they look down on us for not being vaccinated. So thank you to all of you who are serving in our military and those who were wrongfully released. Moving on. Republicans are launching challenges to McCarthy's Speakership. Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona has announced he will challenge Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House in January. Biggs announced his intention to run in an op-ed for the Daily Caller, as he previously challenged McCarthy for his speakership but lost 188-31. to The opposition is problematic for McCarthy as he needs 218 votes with a slim majority and Biggs candidacy is largely seen as an effort to block him from reaching that mark. Biggs wrote in an op-ed, and I quote, we cannot let this all-too-rare opportunity to effectuate structural change pass us by because it is uncomfortable to challenge the Republican candidate who is a creature of the establishment status quo or because the challenge is accompanied by some minimal risk. With the House Republicans having the narrower majority than they had anticipated, and because of that, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy may find he has a more difficult road to be House Speaker. Already a handful of Republicans have announced they will vote against McCarthy's bid to be Speaker. He easily won the nomination for Speaker with Republican Conference, but he must still win the 218 votes on the floor like we were just saying. The Republicans will have 221 seats in the new Congress. 
So he'll need nearly all of them, since all the Democrats in the House are expected to support a Democrat for Speaker. And we know who that is. In my opinion, he is worse than Nancy Pelosi. But here are the Republicans who say they will not support McCarthy's bid to be the next Speaker of the House. We're already talking about Representative Andy Biggs because he's already put in the hat to run against Kevin McCarthy. Then we have Representative Matt Gates from Florida. He's one of former President Trump's most reliable allies in Congress. He agrees with Biggs. Matt Gates consistently voices opposition to McCarthy as Speaker. Matt Gates said, and I quote, Kevin McCarthy is now reduced to threatening and pressuring incoming freshman House members to vote for him. Gates tweeted on November 18th, along with Biggs' op-ed, and I quote, We have the votes to force a change. A day before the House GOP conference election, Matt Gates told Charlie Kirk, I quote, I am not voting for Kevin McCarthy. I'm not voting for him tomorrow. I'm not voting for him on the floor. He's a hard no. And then we have Representative Ralph Norman from South Carolina. He's a member of the House Freedom Caucus. He told Politico earlier this month that he's a hard no, another one, against McCarthy as well. But Norman told the news outlet he'll either vote present or not attend to vote, which could be less damaging to McCarthy's prospects. If some of the Republicans who oppose McCarthy choose Norman's path, they would lower the threshold McCarthy would have to reach would be lower than the 218 he needs if all 435 lawmakers vote yes or no. Norman cited McCarthy's approach to the budget and national debt, suggesting the House Minority Leader doesn't have an aggressive enough approach to get the nation's fiscal house in order. (laughs) And the other possible no's? They aren't the only ones indicating the opposition. While they haven't said they're certain to vote against McCarthy, Representative Bob Good of Virginia and Matt Rosendale of Montana have voiced serious concerns and hold the power to tank McCarthy's chances. Rosendale issued a statement after the conference vote accusing McCarthy of wanting to maintain the status quo, which consolidates power into his hands in a small group of individuals he personally reselects. He continued, and I quote, We need a leader who can stand up to a Democrat-controlled Senate and President Biden. And unfortunately, this isn't Kevin McCarthy. Well, we'll see, because the vote will take place on January 3rd on the House floor. So we'll see what happens between now and then if McCarthy can get the votes he needs or if Biggs, who is now officially have signed on to run for Speaker of the House against Kevin McCarthy with a long road ahead of him. So we'll see. Because remember, guys, if we do not get behind either McCarthy or Biggs or whoever puts their hat in the ring, Nancy Pelosi will have that option to name the Speaker of the House. She can do that if we can't all unite together. That would be a complete nightmare. So let's move on. I was pleasantly shocked today that the Committee on Ethics put out a statement of the acting chairwoman and acting ranking member of the Committee on Ethics regarding Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The press release states that the pursuant to House Rule 11 Clause 3B8A and committee rules and a bunch of other numbers, the acting chairwoman 
and acting ranking member of the Committee on Ethics have jointly decided to extend the matter regarding Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which was transmitted to the committee by the Office of Congressional Ethics on January 23, 2022. The committee notes that the mere fact of a referral or an extension and the mandatory disclosure of such an extension and the name of the subject of the matter does not itself indicate that any violation has occurred or reflect any judgment on behalf of the committee. The committee will announce its course of action in this matter following its organizational meeting and adoption of committee rules in the 118th Congress. Can you believe that? That gives me hope that maybe some justice will actually be done. She has no business having any say or any kind of power at all, especially Omar. All of the squad needs to be removed. In my opinion, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to reach me, I'd love to hear from you at talkonthestreet.net. Because remember, I am our voice, the people's voice. We the people. God bless you. Stay strong. And God bless America. You're listening to Talk on the Street with Laura Marie.